Welcome to our podcast. This is episode two. Uh, my name is Logan Dellinger. Frontier Cinema. <laughs> it's the name. Have you heard it yet? We think that's it, at least. I'm Quentin Smith. We're drinking. <laughs> yes. Um, this is our podcast. Welcome back. Or welcome. Let's restart. Hey, guys. Uh, welcome to another uh, episode of the podcast. Uh, we think we have a name now. We're not s- certain. Frontier Cinema. Uh, tweet at us. Uh, Instagram us. Tumblr us. Let us know your, how much you hate us. <laughs> and essentially, you know, just kind of similar thing as last time. We're just going to be talking to you guys about some in- topics that we find interesting. Some stuff people are talking to us about. Uh, I don't know. You talk. <laughs> <laughs> Hell of a segue. Hell of a segue. Um, I'm good at transitions. <laughs> yeah. Great transition there. So, yeah. Um, so, this podcast, we've got an interesting topic here. Um, you had a question come in about what to do with your, your film once it's done. You've made a movie. Now what? Now what do you do with it? What do you do? There's a lot of things you can do. A lot of things you don't have to do. A lot of things people are going to want you to do. But it's up to you to decide what you want to do. That's so, true. So, wow. Yeah, I know. Beautiful. Take everything you hear uh, with a grain of salt because uh, we are also learning as we go. And yes. some of these facts may be... Um, so yeah, you made a film. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? So what's usually the first step, Quentin, when you you hit export on your movie? Right. I mean, what do you? What, what happens next? I mean, how do you get it to show... How do you show people your movie? There's a lot of different uh, routes you can take. I mean, some of the most direct and obvious ways, especially in 21st century, are you could put your movie online. You could put it on YouTube. You could you could put it on Vimeo. You could upload it directly to Facebook. I mean, Vine's not a thing anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there's plenty of social media aspects. To, if you just want to get your film out there and get people to look at it and comment about it, you want the immediate gratification of, of it. Hey, that's a great way to go about it. You could also go to a film festival. That's going to tie your film up for a bit, maybe a year and a half to two years sometimes. Um, at the same time, you're going to meet a, you can meet a lot of interesting people at the film festival, and you can get your film in front of the right people. Depending on, it, it really is going to depend on what you're wanting to do with the film. Right. Um, I'd highly recommend everybody at least try out the film festival route. Um, it's really it can be an interesting. They can be hit and miss. <laughs> I guess is is the concern there a lot of times. There's a lot of different types of films in, in length and genre and stuff like that. Do you think there's a better place to show certain types of films? Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, here's what I'll say. Film festivals, generally speaking, they if, if you're making a short film, they don't want to accept a long short film. They want to accept short, short films. Because the more films that they can put in their block that are just high-quality stuff, the better. I mean, if, if there's a two-minute film that just blows you out of the water versus a 30-minute film that's good or maybe even great, they're, they'd lean towards the shorter stuff. And it's kind of funny because I, I think that's pretty much the case at this point too with, with online. A lot of times people see 15 minutes and they kind of get hesitant. But I would say 15 minutes, 20 minutes, your bread and butter is probably, if you you got a pretty solid 15 to 20-minute film, a film festival might be the best place to, to show that to people. Yeah. The length of the film is really important. So, uh, do you think it's a good idea to make a solid five-minute short film or, like, a mediocre 35-minute short film? <laughs> I mean, you know, here's what I'll say. It's you know, it's truly up to you. Whatever film you're wanting to make, whatever story you wanted to tell, um, as long as you think, you know, the time is a, is a valid 
use of time. I mean, if you think the story is going to take 30, the story you want to tell is, is going to take 30 minutes to take, take 30 minutes to tell that story. Um, whether or not film festival is going to be the best place for you, that, that'll, that'll depend. Um, but there's plenty of other options. And I mean, here's another thing. I mean, you can upload something directly to Amazon right now. And based off the impressions that I've gotten from films I've uploaded there, I've kind of have a 35 minute short film I did when I was much younger. And I recently uploaded it to Amazon. And I, I know it doesn't get a whole lot of views or anything like that. I'm definitely not going to become a millionaire off the royalties by any means. But, you know, it's cool. I can go on there and look, hey, people. It gets watched about once a day in an entirety, um, and I think I don't think YouTube would be the case for that. I don't think Vimeo would be the case for that. I mean, there's some film festivals. I know it wasn't the case. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even sure if programmers finish the film sometimes. You right. know, right? Uh, so you know, you, you have some different options, but ultimately, it's up to you as a filmmaker to decide how long to make a film. And don't I wouldn't pander to to just get your thing to fit. You know, I wouldn't cut, if you have a 30-minute film, I wouldn't cut it down to a 10-minute story just because it'll be better for film festivals. That's the exact mistake that I made yeah. um, when I went to film school. Um, at the end of the year, you make your thesis film. Mm-hmm. And they really pushed the 15-minute cutoff. Yeah. And I made the mistake um, uh, of having my idea be a little bit bigger than, than I could handle. Right. And uh, it was a really ambitious film. And the script was about 22 pages, okay? Mm-hmm. And as, you know, a good rule of thumb is a page equals about a minute right. of script. So um, I ended up cutting the film to about 18 minutes. Yeah. And it was to a point where anything else, you're you're really cutting into scenes or you're cutting away really early, which is good, but yeah. in this case, it wasn't. <laughs> it was... Some, sometimes you're trimming fat, sometimes you're sawing off the bone. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. There's <laughs> a huge difference. Yeah. And yeah, so my mistake was uh, I simply wrote a film that was too long. Um, right. And uh, I agree that there's a time and place for, for your story and mm-hmm. you need to make your movie that you want to make. Um, however... In this case, I just didn't have my crap together, and it, it suffered for right. it. Right. And an 18-minute film, it doesn't really, like you said, it doesn't really have a good place in any sort of lineup. 18 minutes is very strange. So it is important to tell your story, but also keep in mind that a lot of festivals, like you're saying, if you do want to go that route, yeah. then a lot of festivals have some pretty tight criteria. It's going to kind of have a somewhat of a plan of what you're going to do with it before you're even writing it. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of times you're going to want to feel out and and you might your feelings might change. When I was making 1234, I originally had kind of planned, you know, maybe I'll just release this thing directly online. Because uh, I, I was like, I looked at myself and I go, what are my goals with this film? Get as many views on it as possible. That was that's essentially get it in front in front of as many people as I humanly can. Yeah. Um, because right now it's not going to be making us money. We're not going to get rich off of it. I'll probably never get a direct positive dollar out of this film. Right outside of the budget, it'll probably never make any money. However, that's not what I'm making films for at this point. Yeah. Ho- hopefully down the line, we'll be making cash for films right yeah that's that's the goal that's the dream but right now it's more so about getting people to watch your stuff as well as practice and get better right that's ultimately what it's about right now right and and part of the reason why you can't just do both 
yeah. right off the bat is because when you submit to a festival, there's certain criteria for those festivals that your film can't be released anywhere. It right. can't be public. It can't be searched on Google. Some of them will accept stuff that's online, especially maybe a local festival of yours where they'll know that, that you'll have uh, like a backing. You'll have some kind of base where you'll have people to come out, to come, a support system to come see the film. Yeah. But yeah, exactly as Logan's saying, there's there's a lot of these criteria. Like some of them, I think like a good example would be Austin Film Festival. They accept... Only, I think I might be wrong about this, but there are film festivals like this, regardless, that accept exclusively premieres for that state. So it'd be like a Texas premiere. It's never shown anywhere in Texas before. It's never shown anywhere in California before. Um, Sundance only accepts world premieres. They they will only accept films that have been shown nowhere else ever before. So that's something to consider too. You know, when you're looking at that, you I mean, really, if you're wanting it in certain festivals. You gotta you gotta carefully comb over that kind of stuff and make sure that you're not disqualifying yourself. Um, and it's kind of a tough thing to play because you don't know what's gonna get in, what's not gonna get in, and a lot of times you're waiting months on end for things to be accepted or rejected. Right. Yeah, and it's a long waiting game too. Oh yeah. And it's it's it can be depressing. It can be discouraging sometimes because yeah. like being like applying to a college mm-hmm. for a school. Same thing. Yeah, it's it's a similar kind of deal. I mean, there's a lot of high percentages of rejection. It's mm-hmm. not because the film is bad per right. se. Usually it's because the the criteria for the film is very specific for that festival. Well, and on top of that, even there might be another film that's very similar to yours. I mean, they'll they'll look at content even and go, "Well, we already have you know this refugee documentary that's very similar. It's talking about this uh, like the same crisis. Well, you I mean they don't want the? I'm not saying that it's the two same films, but it'd be kind of strange to show those two films back to back sometimes. Yeah. You know, right? And that's how, especially if it's a documentary, it might be in the same block. Yeah. So they're looking for variety a lot of times too. Absolutely. So that's all well and good of of going to a festival. How? How do you even submit to one? Like, how do you, where do you go? How do you? There's a, there's this magic land called <laughs> filmfreeway.com. <laughs> filmfreeway.com. Yes, filmfreeway.com. There's other, there's other uh, sites for this as well, but there are websites essentially you can, it's like a directory based um, web search and you can find, hey, festivals with approaching deadlines or you can categorize them by, hey, here's ones that don't charge any fees. Um, you can you know look at it based off of how many years has it been in business. That's another thing to be careful about and to watch out for is festivals that are online only and like essentially they will give you this award. They'll be like this, you'll win the silver award. It's not your film's not even going to screen anywhere, but they'll send you laurels for fifty dollars. Yeah. Essentially, <laughs> there's a there's a lot of these film festivals. Some of I mean I've seen some film festivals even. In Alaska, on on Film Freeway, I'm like, I know this doesn't exist. Wow. I know for a fact this film festival doesn't exist. You have to watch out for that kind of stuff. Wow, absolutely, they're not cheap to apply to. No, they're really not, and especially the bigger ones, the biggest oh, festivals. Yeah. I mean, you could be looking at upwards of a hundred dollars or more right. just to apply. That just to apply, that doesn't mean you're even in it. And there's not even a guarantee it will be shown. Exactly. I mean, shown or looked at. I Sometimes mean, they only show the winners of that festival, right, yeah. and so. This is one thing to consider when you are submitting is what, when to submit. Usually, right. it's best to submit as early as you can mm-hmm. for a few reasons. One of them is because the prices for that festival are always cheaper. Cheapest, yeah. You the get early the, bird special. Exactly. You get the early birds, and 
the f- people that run festivals, um, if you go to f- Film Freeway, uh, they have multiple deadlines. And they, yes. they know that filmmaking is crazy when it comes to finishing <laughs> your movie. So they have, sometimes a festival will have two early bird de- deadlines. Yeah. And the price will be like two late ones as well. Exactly. Yeah. There's a, then there's a regular, then there's a late regular, and then there's an extended regular. Yeah. And then, yeah. So it's very common to find a festival with uh, several deadlines. Um, but each time the price goes up and up. Mm-hmm. So uh, additionally... Um, you and I, we have both been judges in, in different film festivals yes, in the past. So, sure. so you know that um, when you get a bunch of films in, yeah. right at the last second, yeah. how many of them really get their honest... Um, consideration? Yeah, consideration. Here's what I'll say. and I, I kind of think it's a crapshoot. I think it's kind of dependent on festival to festival as well as you know how the year is shaping out as well as... There's a, there's plenty of factors playing into it, but here was my experience when I was programming. The early bird stuff, there were not many films were entered. And, you know, I was probably in the first two deadlines, there was in between eight and 16 films I had to watch over the first three or four months of programming. Th- those films I was thinking about quite a bit more. It, I mean, it's, it's also to say, you know, you can kind of forget about, they can kind of get lost in the fray a little bit later on. You can, But at the same time, if your film isn't standing out anymore from the, after three or four months of being at the forefront, you know, it's just how it's going to go. Right. But I, I felt like when I was programming and, and ultimately our programming group, we had a lot of things that were stood out from the earlier deadlines when we had less films to look at. Uh, when you get all these films coming in, it gets a little stressful, a little chaotic. And then especially when you're walking, watching them all back to back to back to back to back to back to back, it's kind of harder to stick out in that section rather than, you know, we had three months to consider eight films. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I and I think, you know, we probably picked three or four from the early bird deadline. I, I mean, what, what's your opinion? I completely agree. Um, I had a chance to be a judge on, on one film festival up here in Alaska and it was really similar. Um, it, the films that get submitted earlier always get way more attention. Yeah. Be- it, it's people talking, and, they, and it gets the programmers talking about it more. They debate more. They and, debate more about yeah, it. And exactly. It's, it's a lot more of a common thread. Yeah. And then you get a rush of, you know, 20, 30, 100 yeah. films. Uh, who knows how many right at the last week. Yeah. Who, who's got time? I mean, I'm hoping that, that these programmers are... If you go to a restaurant and they close at 9 p.m., are you really going to show up at 8:45 and order something? How 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 do you think <laughs> how do you wait feel about staff that? is going <laughs> to How do you think the wait staff is going to treat you when you're putting that food order? I mean, just cons- you would hope they would treat you just <laughs> yeah. as good as a customer. You hope they don't spit at, on your food back at noon. <laughs> you don't know for sure. Yeah. So always, and a lot of times they might even already be locked in with their decisions. Like you know, we've got all we've got a, a section of films that we just love. Exactly, and they're really they're just looking for something slightly better, yeah, maybe. maybe. So they might not even watch your whole movie. They might yeah. just look for a quality. They might look for something very mm-hmm. minor. Yeah. And miss an entire section or an entire point that your yeah. movie was making and entirely that is unfair to you as a filmmaker and all everybody involved in your project because you spent so much time making it it's <laughs> only fair that you give it its due diligence of to, course to submit it the best way you can which leads us to the next point um is the presentation of your film on film freeway mm-hmm. uh, it's very important to get yeah. your the details of your project correct and clean <laughs> <laughs> and so uh like, like, for example, how, how important is it to have a 
clear, simple synopsis of your film. This is vitally important. <laughs> Having that log line or just the, the brief synopsis of what your film is, it, you're, it's your first selling point. Yeah. It's your elevator pitch. How do, you, how do you pitch it to a family member who's like, what's your film about? That's How would you sell that? Yeah. Do the same thing on Film Freeway. I mean, some of the stuff, I, I'm not convinced programmers are going in and pulling out all, like, I don't think they're going to watch your trailer. And really, they shouldn't because it's just going to give them bias towards the film where, you know, the people at the film festival who are watching them at the festival, they're not going to see your trailer. They're just right. going to be able to judge your film based on what the film is itself. I mean, obviously, the first foot forwards, how is your film? Second foot forward is going to be all the details of it. They, they want the cast and crew stuff filled out. They, they If you've got an actor that won Best Actor at that film festival last year, make that really apparent. That's a selling point. That's a big selling point, yeah. If you've been in, accepted to any other festivals, yes. if you've won any awards, if you have, mm-hmm. like you said, a famous person involved or yeah. an actor who's won something or you've got an interesting location right. or a place that's never been filmed in before. Yeah, explain, explain the value and the importance of your film, what makes it unique. Right, exactly. There's, you know, brief, there's the idea of cover letters. Um, from what I've heard from programmers and, and film festival organizers, they'll read them sometimes, they won't always. A good way to do go about it is maybe find out who might be judging your film. Send them an email, introduce yourself. Yeah. Go, hey, I just want to say thank you for considering my film. Um, keep it brief. You know, they've got a lot of these things to look at, a lot of these things to read. But if you can get across some importance or something that might show your connection to the film festival, go, hey, I would I would be there. I would definitely come up to Alaska for the film festival. You know, something, wherever you might be, put that in. If you have family down there, explain your connection to the festival in the area right? and uh, the importance of your film. Exactly. And it's really important to... You can you can almost just imagine what your film would look like on DVD if you were to read the back right. description of it. Mm-hmm. If you imagine what that would be, and hopefully at this point, if you're ready to submit, you kind of already you should know what your film's about. <laughs> so, you would hope. Um, but keeping it brief, like you said, yeah. is, is very important. And if if it takes you five minutes to explain your movie, then you need to figure out a better way to you, explain it. Little com- <laughs> it's getting a little complicated. Yeah, yeah. It, it's the elevator pitch. I yes. mean, nobody wants to listen to somebody drone on about 10 minutes the origin of their story and then right. just the birth of their character and onward and just it's just that's that's dvd extras <laughs> that's, that's the bonus features yeah. if, they, if they love the film they might want to know all that stuff right. uh, later but <laughs> that's not how you sell your film also links to uh reviews for yeah. your film if your film's been reviewed um most of the time an independent film doesn't have a chance to be reviewed right uh there are some great places um where you can pay online to have somebody just you do a write-up yeah exactly do a write-up do it pay a review um if you don't get a review um and that also helps because it, it gives an outsider's point of view mm-hmm. unbiased point of view yeah on your movie so that can be really helpful and you can always cross link and, and post that stuff in there as well um there's a lot of different ways um and and sometimes uh what you think might be simple it turns out to be really difficult um if they require a Blu-ray disc, okay, you have to know how to burn a Blu-ray. Or know something that does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, you, obviously, you need to test everything. Mm-hmm. I've made countless Blu-rays and DCPs, DVDs that just don't work. For and whatever reason. <laughs> they yeah. don't work. And let me tell you, it is much better to test these things beforehand, know that they don't work, oh, yeah. fix it, than 
putting all of your eggs in the one basket, shipping it off, paying the, the fee, mailing it to him, and just to find out that it doesn't work. Does Yeah. The, what a letdown. Oh, boy, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy, yeah. And I, I've seen a lot of filmmakers be disappointed at film festivals by the the quality control going on of, hey, my film was like messed up or that projector was bad. You want to make sure that's not on your end. I mean, it's frustrating enough when it's when it's out of your control, but to know if you if it was something that you could have controlled, I mean, it's that's your film, man. That's your baby. You got to take care of that thing as if it's your own because it is. Right. Um it's important and it ultimately reflects on you if it starts jumping or jittering. Uh, it's, this can be really frustrating. Absolutely. It, it's so it's crazy to think how many like Making a film, yeah, it, it's crazy how how all the things that happen and go wrong, <laughs> yeah, and and you can be so screwed over by the stupidest, smallest, oh yeah, smallest. You probably thing. you probably will be. <laughs> yeah, you should be yeah. at, at some point because it, yeah. it, those are important lessons to learn. Oh, big time! Uh, it goes back to our, our last podcast talking about how to. If you have got an amazing performance from somebody, but you don't know how to capture it, it's meaningless. Right, exactly. I mean, you could have an amazing film, but if it's glitched on the burn for the Blu-ray... During, nope. the, during the climax <laughs> of the movie, it's going to steal all of that. Uh, I mean, it just it's the word. It's like a cardinal sin. Yeah. So, I, was at, I was at a film festival. I won't state which one. <laughs> uh, and... Yeah, it was. It was. I almost exploded. Actually, I you you missed it. I almost exploded into a of a ball of a fury. Uh, <laughs> oh. The film that I had helped out on was the first one showing. Um, there were some technical issues. They didn't have a hard drive or, or something at the location that they were supposed to. So they were waiting. So they actually did the Q and As before. They actually showed the films, which is a little strange, but you know, I, I get it. They're improvising, they're doing some stuff on the fly. It's kind of hard to do a QA, just talking in generalities, yeah. especially before you actually see a film. But, anyways, <laughs> they finally are, get the hard drive that they need. And by the time that happens, they are like setting it up in front of the audience. And the guy kept on hitting like full screen. And then, like, unfold. I couldn't tell what the hell they were doing. Like, the, well, I don't know what was going through the projection projectionist's head at all. But they just kept on hitting full screen. And it would automatically play. And it, so it would roll for, like, the first minute of it. And then they would stop it and roll it back. And then they, like, kept messing with the audio. Like, wow. Like, the volume was going up and down during wow. the screening of it. And on top of it, they're still holding the Q&A throughout all this stuff. And at one point, a guy stands up and starts doing shadow puppets on the projector. <laughs> and I was like, I almost exploded. Yeah. I, I, it was not even my film. It was just one I had helped a friend with. And I was so frustrated with that. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a shame because, you know, you can't do anything about that. And it's just a bad experience. Right. Um, but, you're, you know, if, especially if it's a film festival route, some of them don't always have their, their stuff together as well as they should. But, you know, you want to make sure that's not on your end is, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, it can really take away from what your film is. There are so many things that can go wrong in making a film and, and showing it. You want to do your best to eliminate every possibility of it happening on your side. <laughs> if something's going to go wrong, it will go wrong. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, there's no doubt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> blindsided usually usually you can't even see the problems coming because Mm. i mean every film you do you learn from your mistakes hopefully yeah and you try to avoid 
repeating mistakes there'll be, that you've made. There'll be things that you're going to see wheels start to go in motion and you're going to go, let's pump the brakes here. Yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll, there'll be plenty of that stuff, especially as you're continuing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there's always going to be that element of, of total absolute surprise and this is a totally new way that nothing's ever messed up before. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, there's rejection from festivals. Yeah. And and that is 100%. It should be expected. I, I don't you'll probably be rejected from a lot more than you'll be accepted to. I mean, it's 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 probability. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's a much higher chance that you're not going to get in than you are getting. Some of these festivals, you know, they get thousands of submissions. Oh yeah. Um they maybe have 100 films they can show over a course of a week or two. Maybe yeah. just a weekend some of these festivals, you know. Some of right. them are really small. Right. Two exactly. days. So, I mean, one way to, to increase your chances is, you know, if you've got a funny uh, romantic comedy, uh, maybe don't submit to a horror slasher film festival. Probably not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you need to look at, at the genres, and there's tons of different genres of film festivals. There's thousands all over the world. Totally. Uh, actually, so I made a documentary back in college. It was a class project. It was a, it was a class. I was make a documentary, which was, I loved it. But essentially, the professor was like, well, we're making it for TV. I, I don't know. He was obsessed with television. I'm like, nobody watches TV anymore. Geezer. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyways, uh, we did this this film about this untold nuclear history of the state of Mississippi. It's called Atomic Mississippi 50 years later. Ooh. Most people don't know this. Two atomic bombs went off in Mississippi underground. Oh. Back in the 50s, they didn't tell anybody they were going to do this. They evacuated everybody's homes. They were trying to find out if Russia was trying to get around some kind of nuclear testing agreements. It was an interesting topic. Most people weren't aware of it. And then essentially what's left is this tiny little town called Baxterville. Anyways, so, I mean, a couple of Mississippi festivals kind of reached out to us and said, hey, we'd love to show this film. However, I actually got this message back in uh, May. I had uploaded the video to to YouTube, I just put it out there, which is actually kind of getting some nice natural growth just from people that are interested in atomic history. There's a lot of people that are just kind of finding that stuff through YouTube-related videos and whatnot. Right. But I actually got reached out from a festival called the International Uranium Film Festival. I'd never heard of this thing. But they reached out to me saying, hey, can we show your film? That's a perfect example of, of a niche festival you would love to reach out to and be like, hey, I've got a film about nuclear like <laughs> yeah. testing like exactly. are you interested yeah they it, might be yeah they might be you're absolutely right and it's it's hard enough just to get your film shown so yeah right uh increasing your chances in any way is you have to mm-hmm. you, you really have to so and it's it's okay to to be rejected um oh yeah i mean i in life in general <laughs> in life in general <laughs> what are some of the the benefits of, of festivals anyway like what's the point there's a couple I mean here's the big thing about film festivals I find the most beneficial you're getting to meet other filmmakers it's a great networking opportunity and and truly my opinion that's where you're going to get the most value out of it is finding other people in the industry making new connections and making new friends hopefully because when your circle expands in film it's a lot better of a situation you have a bigger support system you've got uh, better people and if you know more people you know you can 
maybe make a connection, make something new happen that you were never able to do before you met any of these people. Yeah. I would definitely say that's the biggest benefit of film festivals. I think a lot of people go to film festivals hoping to find distribution. Yeah. That might be hit or miss. Um, And especially in a lot of cases, if your film's not the most amazing film, but it's good enough to get into film festival, you might not have anybody talk to you about distribution. It's, it's not, that's not the easiest thing in the world to work out. But really, I think the biggest benefit is going to the festivals when you get into them and then meeting people there, typically other filmmakers. That's what I would say the biggest benefit is, as well as kind of giving a little bit of a, a prestige behind your film, having laurels and, and just kind of showing people that there is value in it immediately. So it kind of coerces some people to maybe give it a better chance than they would have if you had just uploaded it online and said, hey, here's my short, you know. Yeah. Exactly, and then that's a really important point to to take away from, and and because that's what you're pretty much guaranteed to get out of any festival, right? Um, no matter what, even if you you win or you lose. A lot yeah. of festivals they have competitions: uh, mm-hmm. best film, best actor, best cinematography, right? Blah blah blah. And if if you're lucky enough to be chosen in these festivals, a lot of them have cash prizes. They've got <laughs> yeah picture deals. I mean, they yeah. got. That's Some movies, it's like if you, if you win best screenplay, you get it made. Yeah, exactly. You know? Like that's crazy. Like, one of my favorite success stories is the film Whiplash. Yeah, of course. Um, excellent movie. Uh, Damien Chazelle, is that how you pronounce his name? The director? Young guy. He's just a few years older than us, to be honest. And he did a short film called Whiplash. And it's, if you don't know, it's uh, it's jazzy. It's about a drummer trying to mm-hmm. make it, trying to be good. And um, he's An got a... barren instructor. Extremely. And that's J.K. Simmons. And they he made a short film about that. And it was... It, it won the Sundance uh, yeah. Festival, and it got picked up to do uh, part of the... Is it Sony Picture Classic? Is that yeah, what I think so, and then turn it into a feature film. Yeah, and it's part of their program. And, uh, I mean, this director's gone on to make amazing films. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did La La Land afterwards, and now he did... Not a bad gig. <laughs> Not a bad gig, no. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> of course, this is like... That's one of those success stories where, I mean, that... you. You got something magical happening, oh, yeah, definitely. you know, um, but it does happen. It happens, um, yeah. But it's certainly not something to expect no. um, every time. The world does not owe you anything. Uh, <laughs> it really doesn't. And as a filmmaker, you'd probably be terrible for a very long time. I mean, just, <laughs> yeah. just the, the truth of it. You know, another thing, too, is uh, let's, say, uh, let's say you don't want to go the festival route. Yeah. Okay. Let's say you don't, and that's totally fine. I mean, it makes it makes a lot of sense, especially for certain things, especially when you're just starting out. Yeah, it might not be the wisest to spend the money on on some of these. I mean, applications. Every indie project I've ever been a part of, right. the budget is at in the red always. Always, especially at the end of the whole project. Yeah, that's nobody a- has has money for marketing, for advertising, no. for festivals, for any mm-hmm. sort of post post production oh, stuff. Oh yeah, right. Um the whole market I mean it's just there's there's nothing there. So it's completely reasonable to to go a, a different route for yeah. releasing your film. A good way to do it and I've met many filmmakers who have done this is they simply just rent uh the theater in their local town. Right. And they host their own uh, screening, yeah, and that's and that's something that's a lot of fun, and you'll get a lot of joy out that. And honestly, in my opinion, that's where I found that those have been the most rewarding screenings as well, because it's it's a lot more about your hard work paying off and and people being there to support you and and support your your art in your film. Right. Um, that was something that we've done for all of my films so far, and I, I think we'll probably still do it for twelve thirty four at some point. 
But uh, yeah, for my first film edit, the sad parts. Uh, any Modest Mouse fans out there? <laughs> Regardless, we had a we had a private screening at at the Alaska Experience Center. They actually were nice enough to just let us have it. I mean, it was even after hours. They like brought an employee and they paid somebody to even like let us show it there. Reach out to people. You never know what what kind of community you might have and how supportive just the general community is towards your art. It's, it can be pretty cool. Absolutely. But exactly what you're saying is. The private screening thing's a great thing to do. It's a lot of fun. You invite your family and friends and the cast and crew, and everybody just has a good time, watches the film, and you get to talk about it afterwards. Right. And it, it's an important thing to, to show your film yeah. to an audience because uh, what's the point of making it in the first place? Exactly. To put it on a shelf and never watch it? I yeah. Mean, it's a movie. It's a film, yeah. That's the point of, <laughs> that's the point of watching it. it. And that's, that's literally that's one of the things that I struggle with the most is you make a movie, how do you get people to watch it? Like, yeah, that's gee, a tough uh, one. Holy cow. Like, that's it a is tough the one. hardest thing. Like, even when it shouldn't be, even when it's like five minutes. Yeah. It's like, just watch this, please. Like, really? Really? And it's, it's part of, of how the world works right now. Yeah. Is that simply nobody really cares. I <laughs> think <laughs> that's under over five seconds. Yeah. Kind of tough to get people to watch. Right. It's like, listen, I want to show you this short film. It's 10 minutes. I think you'll enjoy it. Can you please just watch it? Yeah. Most people won't. They've got 10 minutes is what I will tell <laughs> they you. They do have they 10 do, minutes to They do because they spend that 10 minutes just scrolling the same Facebook feed <laughs> over and over yeah. and again. It's still the same people talking about their stupid shoes and yeah. socks and sweaters and smartphones. <laughs> you literally have to do nothing but sit there and watch for 10 minutes. It's yeah. very doable. And then, of course, if you are going the route where you are doing your own screening you can always put your films on DVD. You can, right. You can. It's actually. It's very cheap. Surprisingly cheap. Yeah. To to outsource a company if you find somebody local, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't done that myself. I haven't found anybody that is... can do it cheaper than yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If exactly. you know how to do it, do it yourself. I mean, there's um, no doubt about that. But I mean, uh, if you're, chances are, if you're looking at the festival route, you already know how to make a DVD. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that complicated. Um, no. It can be. You can easily learn how to make a DVD, how to burn one, and then you can package it properly. You can True. you can create your own design, your DVD yeah. case, and then you can sell it if you want it. If you had a feature film, yeah, short films are harder to sell. Uh, it's harder to get people to buy a short film, but if you had you a compilation, can, you can do. Yeah, compilation's a good idea. You could definitely do it at those private screenings. Mm-hmm. We did them for Ed of the Sad Parts. Like I said, we made a bunch of them, mm-hmm. and we sold all of them. It was people were just there to support you. Yeah. And, you know, they like it and they're involved and they might want to buy it five bucks, ten bucks, who knows. Right. You can make some money back. Yeah, you can. You can, you can make some money back. And on top of that, you can also use that from there. Maybe throw it at a festival. There hey, you here's go. $35 early bird fee. Right. You sold You sold seven DVDs. Boom. There's an entry fee. Done. Return on investment. That's, that's always a, a tricky <laughs> subject when it comes to filmmaking, especially indie. <laughs> All is to say, there's also another route, like what we said earlier, is, is you can also just straight up put it online for people to see. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a great route to go. Uh, a lot of films do that. Usually, filmmakers do that towards the end of their cycle when mm-hmm. they're ready. It's been a year or more. And it's it, shown everywhere they want it to show, yeah. or it's gotten rejected from everywhere else. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> and you just need to get it out you there. You just need to get it out there. Yeah. And uh, and typically YouTube is great for that. Yeah, um, Vimeo is great for that. Mm-hmm. Pornhub is great for that. <laughs> <laughs>
There's a lot of ways to get your film shown out there. Oh, yeah. For sure. Um, Clickbaity titles. That's important. Oh, yeah. Thumbnails. <laughs> Thumbnails. Thumbnails. <laughs> Hopefully, this has been somewhat helpful. Yeah. I mean, if you don't know anything about it, it's probably helped you a little bit. If you know something, you probably were correcting us the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, we don't have a lot of success in, in film festivals. Uh, we're working our way towards becoming, I guess, legitimate filmmakers. We're legitimate filmmakers. We're just not well, legitimately successful filmmakers. Quite. Okay, that's right. Uh, I mean, you've had a, actually like a weird amount of success, I would say. A weird amount? A, a weird amount of <laughs> I'm not saying that your films are not deserving. I'm saying like surprisingly crazy what you were able to do with your films. Right. And actually whether you're able to turn them into. I would say you've had a lot of success. I mean, you're, both your future films made profit. And that's... Yeah, thank you for saying that. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, turning a profit is certainly a completely different ball game. Oh yeah, um, and honestly, we did the the self distribution DVD mm-hmm. round, and, yeah, and we were able to, to turn a profit with that. So um, I can speak from experience that that is a successful route that you can go. Definitely, and, and we're doing the, you know, it's completely self distributed. So and self funded as well. Exactly. Yeah, yep, it is. Um, and we did some some crowdfunding mm-hmm. as well, and. I don't know. We, we're trying to learn as much as we can, too. Yeah, of so. course. Uh, but, the, I mean, these are just some minor tips that we've learned so far. Yeah. Um, Scratching the surface of, of all this festival stuff. It can be hairy. It can be really confusing and, and really frustrating. But, ultimately, don't don't let it get to you. Yeah. If your film's not accepted anywhere that you want it to or generally is just not the reaction you want to, that's okay. Yeah. That's to be expected. It's all part of the learning process. I mean, most... Most people don't even direct a film until they're in their 30s. Right. I mean, if you're if you're in your 20s and you're directing films, that's something that's a pretty incredible feat in itself. I mean, even and it doesn't matter what your age is. If if you're 40 years old and you're just starting to make films, that's awesome. Right. That's that's really cool. And I mean, anything that if you're doing it for the love of it and you're just something something that you're passionate about, it's not about getting into festivals. It's about you doing something that you love because you love to do it. And that is the that is the best validation you can have for yourself. It's it's any it's not important what anybody else thinks about it at that point. That is uh couldn't have said couldn't have said it better myself, honestly. It you'd have to be completely insane to think that this is an industry where you're guaranteed to make money. You, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. So, so And if you're in it for the money, I mean, it's just you're going to die. You will die. <laughs> I mean, you'll starve to death and you'll be miserable. The, I mean, so with that in mind, I mean, the drive to do it has to come from somewhere else entirely. And that's the passion of filmmaking. So, thank you guys for listening uh, to this podcast, and if you haven't been listening, then um, <laughs> How, why'd you fast forward We're to the very end that's just kind of strange <laughs> yeah. you're trying to like spoil a podcast <laughs> yeah. uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about we got a lot of questions to answer so my name is Logan Dellinger my name is Quinn Smith and you can contact either of us uh, somewhere can, wh- what's your home address uh, what's your home what's your social security again <laughs> well my credit card uh, yeah so but yeah you know the ending is so hard on any any platform yes uh, <laughs> Our people will talk to your people. Yeah, our people will talk to your people. (laughs)